This may be a bumpy ride today, so gird your loins and hold on. So, <laughs> want to recognize uh, Wilma Rayburn's having a birthday coming up. She'll be 91. Yeah. And uh, also, me and Samantha have become grandparents again in the middle of the night. So, all the way in Alaska, so one day we'll get to see that grandbaby. In the meantime, we'll let technology let us see him. And so, uh, anyway, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, also, um, if you weren't here last week, um, Mark, uh, the pastor, Mark Dobler, had uh, announced that he felt like his season was over and that uh, it would be on to the next chapter of his life. And so we want to keep Mark and Leslie in our prayers. And I know it was all of the, you know, it was pretty quick on, on you and everything, but uh, um, we want to just keep them in, in our prayers of what, the, what God's got for their next adventure in their life. And so, uh, anyway, if you hadn't heard that last week, I wanted to let you know that. We've got a quick video that we want to show you that we kind of put together this week. It's only a few seconds long, so it won't take too much of your time. When we made that little video, I was afterwards, I, I seen some cars go by and some Amish buggies go by, and I thought, I bet they think we're lost our minds. Uh, I don't know if it was Rick or Mark or Carlin said, uh, George, you ever notice that whenever you run, it looks like you're really, your body looks like you're really moving fast, but you're really not. I guess my clutch is slipping a little bit. <laughs> I'm not a sports person, so I'm not very good at sports or anything like that, but I will tell you that whenever I was younger in eighth grade, I was actually could run. And I went to Lincoln grade school in Flora. Yes, some of you Lincolners, yes, yes, yes. It's not there anymore. The school's not there anymore. They tore it down. I was so sad and heartbroken. And I do not know what happened to this one specific picture that was in the trophy case there and a trophy. And um, in 1978, in grade school, they had just started introducing the mile relay. So um, I got to be on the first mile relay team in, at Lincoln Grade School. That year, we set some records for the school, which was pretty easy because it was the first year. <laughs> and there were several of us kids that actually run on the mile relay team because sometimes, you know, one was in, one was out, this or that, but I usually got to run every time. And then later on when the district kind of reconfigured, 
and they, uh, and they no longer had uh, eighth grade and this and that in their track team, well, our team was still the record holder of that. <laughs> so uh, that's always been pretty much a, a big deal. And uh, there was four runners on the relay team always. You know, we run a quarter mile each. And, uh, but from time to time, the runners were different. Usually I got to run, there was, a, I think one time I was sick, and so I had a replacement. And uh, I remember some of them, but you know, I don't remember exactly, you know, I'm 56, so my mind's kind of going there, so I can't remember exactly everybody who was on the team. But I do remember the race. And uh, that was the thing, is the thing that I remember is I remember us winning I remember, you know, crossing the finish line. Of course, I was never the last leg. I, they always stuck me in the middle somewhere, you know. Uh, so they had a fast guy off of the, right off the bat, and then uh, um, I was a little bit slower, so I'd go in the middle, and then I'd try to kind of maintain and everything, and then it'd progress, and then we had a really, really fast dude at the end. And, uh, but we, we were really good. But you want to know what the most important part of that race was, was that we all participated, we all um, worked together, and we got that baton across the finish line. I remember that part. The baton had to get across the finish line. You could say that the mission we were on was the baton and getting it across the finish line. And I had to, I was asking myself this question this week, George, do you know what your mission is in life? And, you know, of course, you know, we, we all give the, us preachers all give the super religious answer right off the bat. Well, you know, it's to win the lost and to bring glory to God. And so that's, that's the immediate answer that I get of what my mission is. But do I really know what my mission is? How do I do that? You know, what am I doing to achieve that? And I ask you the same question. Do you really know what your mission is? And most of us in here have been Christians for some time, and uh, some, some people may not, but you would all give pretty much the same answer as I would to win the lost, and to bring glory to God. And that's true. But sometimes we lose sight of exactly how are we doing that day to day? Or does it become so routine that we just become complacent in it? And um, so those are some questions that I, I was pondering on this last week, two weeks, three weeks. Um, if you'll turn to your Bibles, uh, to Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And this is a, a, a scripture that everybody probably knows by heart. But sometimes, you know, whenever you know things by heart, sometimes it just gets routine. So let's turn there again. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And let's pray first. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for this great assembly of congregation that we've come together to worship you. Lord, I pray for your anointing upon the reading and the teaching of the word. Holy Spirit, 
Fill this place. Fill our hearts, Lord. And I just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Great Commission, and we've, we've read this and we've heard it so many times, but sometimes, like I say, when things are so familiar, you can get complacent with it, or you can, it can even sometimes lose meaning to us, or this or that. Does everybody know what our mission here at the church, at Orchardville Church, is? We have a mission statement that many of you have seen up on the screen here today, and many of you know it by heart. It's reach, teach, and serve. Let's say it together. Reach, teach, and serve. Let's take that first word, reach. That's kind of a, a vague word, isn't it? To reach, um, to reach the lost. How do we go about reaching the lost? Let me tell you something. A lot of times we just focus on this very time right now, you know, this very time right now that you come on Sunday morning and you hear the message and then we hope and pray that someone will respond and give their lives to Christ. But do you know when this message starts? Well, it actually starts years ago because a lot of times there's people praying for people way long in advance. I know that before the first time I ever set foot in this church, which was about 20 years ago, there was people praying for me, praying that God would do a work in my life. So this message today has started actually years and years ago. But the preparation for it and everything, we could say it started last Sunday afternoon as we went home and then we're getting ready to start the next week. How we act around other people and how our Christianity is portrayed to everybody else, that starts the message for the next week because that affects how we conduct ourselves throughout this week. Me, personally, as the person who's bringing the message today, um, it started all week long. This altar call started all week long. Whenever we reach out, it's in ways that sometimes as so-called as pastors think it's super Christians, it's not as we would normally think. It's in reaching out to others in ways that minister to them in the need that they're in at that very moment. And I tell you what, yesterday was just such a great, great day. Um, everybody from the people who organized it and uh, I, I got to say, Carrie Carr, she had brought it up to Rick, and then Rick took off with it, and they said, can we do that? And I said, why, why couldn't we do this? And uh, for every, not just them, but everybody involved, including the ones who came, um, there was a look of joy on their face. So let's, let's just give them all, everybody, a big hand again. It's just so, so great. To reach out to others, your testimony is a good way to reach out to others. And you know, that's the thing is a lot of people are scared to give their testimony, but really your testimony is basically 
God took, this is where I was at, God took me from this, and he brought me into this. And um, the change in someone's life, when somebody else can see that, like a lot of people who, have, who know me from whenever I was younger, and then they find out that I'm, I'm in, actually a, a Christian and in church now, and, and actually um, they allow me to preach here for whatever reason, they're like blown away because they know that, well, I knew that dude a long time ago. What happened? That's a testimony. And each and every one of us are exactly the same in that manner. And it doesn't matter even, and some people, they are, they're like, they've been raised in church their whole life. That doesn't matter. You don't have to have, that. you've even actually got a better testimony because God has, has been a hold of you and you didn't, you know, if you didn't stray or this or that, what a testimony is that? So everybody has a testimony. That is a way of reaching out to others. And you know, encouraging others is such an easy thing to do. Do you know it's just as, it's much easier to speak life into someone than to speak death into them? Amen. It's much easier to speak encouragement than discouragement. Amen. And I tell you what, this congregation at Orchardville is filled with amazing, amazing people, amazing individuals. And you know what? Um, myself included, sometimes I let my own opinions and my own thoughts get in the way of pulling together with those around me. And I'm telling you, Orchardville, we're better together. Everybody in this building and the, the ones online that are watching that can't be here and the people that just haven't got the chance to do either, it doesn't matter if you're 91 like Wilma or whether you're just been born like my grandchild or whether you're, you're nine months old or whether you're an unborn child, you matter. You are just as important as anybody else, regardless of whether you're a deacon whether you're the interim pastor like myself or the worship leader or that you're a first-time guest, this is, there is a reason as to why you're here. God has designed us to worship Him, to glorify, bring glory to Him. He has designed us to have a plan in our lives that is much bigger than what we can ever imagine. And as the Spirit of God moves throughout this building and we allow him into our hearts, there is no telling of what can happen here at Orchardville. We have, over the years, designed this building, not just here, but if you've never been throughout, I know right now you can't go to those other places. If you've never been here, you've got to explore this building, go on a tour and see all what all's here, because God has helped us to design this building to hold five to 700 people. And I refuse to downsize. God give different ones in this church and leaders in this church and pastors in this church a God-given vision of what he has planned for us here. And it's not, far be it for me to be able to change that. Uh, I'm letting God make that decision, 
But we just got to follow his calling and follow his path to get us there. Not what man says, but what God says. And as we submit to him and we submit to his authority, God has got a way of doing things that we can't even think about. Reaching out, reaching the lost, giving your testimony, encouraging others, and caring for people. We're in the interim phase right now, and uh, today we're gonna, we've got a meeting, we're going to discuss some things and everything. We had a great meeting last Saturday, um, and I'm going to tell you something. It, it, it may be a while before we're ready to start on the pastor search. But we are not going to sit by idle because we know what the Bible says about idleness. We're going to be proactive in this ministry. Orchardville Church is going to move forward and we're going to reach the lost. We're going to share our testimonies. We're going to encourage others and we're going to care for people. It's not rocket science. Rocket science isn't really even that hard. You know, you just exert more force than what gravity pulls down and voila. (laughs) All babies in here are important. They're the future of our church. Yes, whenever we have the nurseries, babies hopefully will be able to migrate into the nurseries and be able to be cared for and stuff. But for the time being, I love the sound of babies right now because that means growth. If you've got a baby in here right now, you be proud of that child. We love you. Reach, teach, and serve. This week, we're focused on reach. You know, Jesus, whenever he stepped out and walked on water and then Peter followed him, And then Peter started to get afraid because the storm came up and Peter started to sink. And Jesus, what did he do? He reached out and he grabbed Peter. Because you know what? Sometimes we physically have to reach out. Whenever our brother or sister fall and stumble or this or that or they're in trouble, we reach out. We don't kick them to the curb. We need to reach out to them. We've got to sometimes put feet to our faith and just do the right thing. It's a whole lot easier to do the right thing than to do the wrong thing. Usually when you do the wrong thing, you got to tell a lie to cover it up. And then you got to tell another lie to cover it up. And this and that. Hey guys, I'm pointing right back at myself. Okay? You, and here's, I'll let you in on something. Usually whenever preachers are, they usually uh, preach about one thing or another, I'm going to tell you something. Usually they're preaching to themselves. So don't think that I'm, I'm making you out to be the bad guy. Yeah, I look all innocent and everything, but. <laughs> if you've ever seen the show Bruce Almighty, and uh, I'm not saying it's biblically correct because, you know, it's, it's a movie. But there's this, one in, there's this one part at the end that's just so good. And it's when Morgan Freeman's talking to Bruce and um, he goes through this long speech and everything. And he says, you want to see a miracle? 
be the miracle. Sometimes we just got to put feet to our faith and do what we can do. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he, keep, he who, that keepeth the law, happy is he. I'm going to tell you something. We, we know what our mission is here. But what we need is we need a vision. We need to know what we, where we're headed. To where we can actually, you know, visualize what we're, how we're trying to accomplish this mission. And I tell you what, I, uh, over this past uh, couple of weeks, I, I would uh, have thoughts. Uh, sometimes I'd wake up and I'd just have a thought and I'd just jot it down on a piece of paper, go in the kitchen, write it down on a notepad, this or that. And throughout the day, I would uh, maybe have a thought and I'd write it down. And then last Friday, um, I was looking at it and I thought, you know what? I believe that these notes are really a God-given vision for the church for the next year because uh, as the interim, God's not going to give me a 10-year vision or a 15-year vision. He's going to give me a vision for probably about a year. But it's not some small little vision that is just very passive. Like I said, hold on because you're about to embark on something that... uh, that is really just uh, what I think far beyond what man can do, but it's what God can do. Today you're hearing about reach. Each week you're going to get little bits and pieces. Um, And uh, we haven't quite got the preaching schedule figured out yet, but uh, at least for the next three weeks I'm going to be speaking. And by the end of at least three or four weeks, you're going to know exactly where we're headed over this next year. You're going to know what your vision here at Orchardville is for the next year and, and how we're going to accomplish that. And so we're going to set some goals and we're going to put feet to our faith and work and we'll achieve those goals. But guess who gets the glory? God gets the glory out of this. God gets the glory out of this. A God-given vision of how we're going to carry out the mission. Just like in the relay race, I'm only one leg in this. And for this next year, I need you to help me carry the baton to the next runner. This isn't just some game we're playing here. This is serious business. These are people's lives. Our community, our family. Do you know where outreach really starts at first? It starts at home. Our outreach starts at home. How we treat our family, you know, how we, um, how we help our family, how we support our family. And then it goes out. And then it keeps spreading out. And it's not that we don't do that. It's just that I think over the years, and not just in the past two, three, four years, but over the years, you can kind of lose sight and lose connection with each other. And like I said earlier, we're better together. And uh, I had a friend that, uh, he was kind of quirky, but he told me he had this little slogan, and he goes, 
the church that clicks together sticks together. <laughs> We're going to be clicking on all cylinders this year. I'm going to leave you wanting more next week because you're going to want to hear what I got to say next week. Not because it's something great that I said, but it's because what God is dropping into our spirit and, and he wants to convey to this church. As the, if you would, stand up real, real, real quick with me. And as Mikey puts on a little bit of soft music, I just want you to give anybody in here the opportunity. If you say, George, I, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Some mission or some vision of what? Winning the lost or this or that? And it's, I'm going to tell you, it's real simple. God provides the Savior, Jesus Christ, and we provide the sinner. I was lost one time, so wrapped up in my own self and sin that uh, the Spirit of God spoke to me. The Holy Spirit was moving in the building I was in right then and through the people. People were praying for me years before, and God got a hold of me, and I gave my life to Him. If that's you today, or maybe you've even fallen away from Him, let's, I'll pray this prayer of salvation, and if you really mean it, you pray it in your heart. Father, I know I've done wrong. Father, I, I know that I need this, this, this thing in my life. And you provided Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Jesus, I just ask you to come into my life today. Come into my life and change me. Lord, help me. Help me today. Forgive me of my sins. God, thank you for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. And I speak to you today, if you prayed that prayer, you are a child of God, you are saved by grace, and you dig in and you're going to grow in your faith. God, God is for you, not against you. And I tell you, sometimes, sometimes this world can just you wake up on top of the world one minute, and the next minute the world's on top of you. And I'll tell you, the second part of that verse, uh, or the first part of that, that verse and the second part of that statement, where there is no vision, the people perish. Have you ever sometimes just felt dead inside? I have. I felt like sometimes there's this little, little place inside of me that like, what... There's something missing in here. And I'll tell you, I, I have to say what it probably is, is God's purpose in my life hasn't been completely fulfilled. And there's a part of me that wants to come alive in there. And if that's you, I pray that the Holy Spirit would get a hold of you and that if there's a void in there, that this would be filled with a God-given purpose and a God-given vision that you, we can all come together in to help us all to be fulfilled. If you need healing in your body today, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you need healing in your body, and I want those around, if you're a family member in the same household, you can lay hands on them. If you're not, 
stretch out your hand towards those that are raising their hand for healing in their body. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing touch. Lord, I just ask and pray, Lord, for a double portion of that healing spirit upon those that have raised their hand. God, I ask, Lord, that you would course through their body. You know every square inch of us, every molecule. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would intervene. Even uh, those that are having back trouble, I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a fullness of feeling running through their body. Lord, heal us today. Heal us of our body, mind, and spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us on our quest to continue to further your kingdom and worship you. Lord, give us supernatural strength this week to go out and love our family and love those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.